So you know what I tell my students? I tell them that the child has no ego issues. We have ego <laughs> issues, but I have a solution for that. So what I do, I write the word ego on the board, E-G-O, and I convert the, la- the O into G. So the ego becomes egg. So I tell them, convert this ego into an egg and break it. <laughs> In a learning situation, forget about your ego. We are all language learners. There is no good or bad learner. We are all learners. We are all the same. We all make mistakes. Leave your ego outside your class and enjoy it. And some learners do that. They manage to break or convert ego into an egg and break it the way you did. Hello, Hamid. Hello, Daniel. Good afternoon. Good afternoon here in Pakistan. First of all, Daniel, I'd like to thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. It's a real honor. I'm excited to be on your podcast. This is the first time I'm being interviewed on a podcast. So your name will go down history. history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I know from you that you speak four languages and so you are a polyglot and and oh, you teach at the un- really? university but exactly but, exactly but maybe you can introduce yourself and give more background about you so that my listeners can know you better okay first of all a little bit of correction not four languages exactly three languages the fourth is arabic and i understand that a little maybe i can speak uh, a few phrases and a few sentences but not that much because i've spent three years in dubai so i picked arabic a little but not that much and even that i have forgotten so my name is i'm from pakistan my first language is pashto pashto is my first language i know urdu as well which is the national language of pakistan and of course i know english a little bit so i can speak three languages yes Yes, but and but you say you can speak English a little bit, but that is not quite true. I mean, <laughs> you teach English, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I know, like maybe uh, like any other language, English language is a sea, and I'm just to swim. I have just begun to swim, I would say. <laughs> so I think I'm more a learner than a teacher. My language learning journey spans two centuries. Will you believe that? Nice, nice. <laughs> It's two centuries because I started learning English uh, properly in um, late 90s, last century. And I'm still learning English. <laughs> Just a century, it's a journey of uh, two centuries. So I think I'm a very lucky learner. I've been a blessed learner. And the reason for that is... Um, I'm not a talented language learner. I'm not smart. It's just I've been lucky. And what do I mean by lucky? Lucky means because I got very good teachers along the way. Like I remember when I was in ninth grade. So we had a very good English teacher. And that teacher was a polyglot. He spoke, if I'm not wrong, seven languages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. And he would compare languages. He would teach us English. And then he would compare different things in Persian, in Arabic, in Urdu. I think his first language was Hinko. So he would compare these different languages from different aspects. And um, I would notice that. I would say, I, I said, I, one day I said to myself, mm, this language thingy is so interesting. There are different things that we have. Uh, and we have in one language, maybe we don't have that in another language. 
we have one vocabulary or one idea in one language, we don't have it in another language. So he would compare these languages with one another and uh, I love that. And the other thing was that uh, he taught us basic grammar. So though I learned it late, but I learned it very well. So he taught us this basic that so well. And what he would do, he would relate language learning to real life. And I started doing that as well. There was this contrast in my classes between maths class and um, between language classes. I struggled to um, relate maths to real life because it was all theoretical for me, but as far as language learning was concerned, I would easily relate it to life. For example, um, at that very uh, time, late 90s, in Pakistan, we love cricket. So I started watching cricket and uh, I would pay special attention to cricket commentary. So whenever I would pay attention, so I, I had learned tenses and a few things about the English grammar. And when I started watching cricket, so the cricket commentator would be using more or less the same tense. Mm. Oh, uh, he runs, he takes uh, another run, or he catches the ball. So there were these kind of sentences by the cricket commentators. And I would notice, ah, okay, I thought this grammar is not that useful. But see, this commentator is using the same tense. And he's using this expression. Oh, yes, our teacher told us about this. So I, I, I uh, made that connection. And... Uh, this is how I grew interested in uh, English and in language as opposed to maths. Yeah. So I'm not saying my maths teacher was not good, but I struggled to relate maths to real life. I easily did that in the case of English. I see. And from there on. So can we say yeah. that? So this teacher, in a way, he sparkled your passion for languages, right? Exactly. He kindled that or he aroused that interest in me. So I, w once I did my master's in 2002, I remember I went to Dubai. I taught there for three years. And after coming back from Dubai, he was, when he was teaching us, he was, when he was teaching us, he was old, probably in his 50s. So I, after maybe for 15 years, I went to see him and thanked him. So it's for teaching us English so well. So I believe the role of uh, teachers is so important. And I also believe that the best teacher uh, that you can have is yourself. If you're not lucky like me, so make your own self your own teacher. Yeah. Don't wait for a good teacher to arrive in your life and start teaching you. I was lucky, as I told you, I was a blessed learner. But not, uh, not everyone is as lucky as me, I would say. Yeah, definitely, because yes. you, your story is quite interesting because usually I always hear the story, the contrary, you know, that in school mm. we, we didn't learn a lot. It was just grammar and, and that we, we, we couldn't mm. speak freely. So your story is, is quite unique, I think. Yes, it is. Uh, even in our classes, I have, uh, the, the, the teacher that I'm talking about, he taught us full grammar translation method. It was a technique is still used in many countries. But he taught us so well that I learned the basic grammar and then I go, got exposed to the cricket commentary. And... Um, I started relating that what I had learned in classes to that commentary. And another good thing that happened to me was uh, I did master's and I went to Dubai. So it's English everywhere in Dubai and I got exposed to a lot of English in Dubai. So I kind of practiced yeah. all that I had learned in Dubai. 
So I spent there three years and that gave me a good opportunity to, yes, polish my language skills. Yes, in my case, his teaching did help me. Yes, this is really cool. How did you become an English teacher? Because of the same teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because <laughs> I told you I was struggling in maths. So I, uh, after two years, um, after three years from like when I finished my school, so I did, uh, yes, when I finished with the, the 12th grade, I decided to study English as a subject. So I took it up as my subject, as a major, and I studied it for two years from 1998 to 2000. And then I did master's in 2000, 2002. Yes, two years master's in Pakistan. So after master's in English, uh, most of the students, graduates become English teachers. But even before master's, I had decided to become an English teacher and credit again goes to that teacher. <laughs> so I did master's and to Dubai. I taught there for three years. I came back and now I'm, I'm teaching at uh, the National University of Modern Languages. I, of course, teach English there. And this university specializes in teaching um, about 30 languages. Daniel, what's your first language? My first language is Swiss German. We teach. As well. You teach <laughs> if you want to German get, or Swiss German? I don't know about that, but we have a German department yeah. in our university. Okay. We have a German department. And this is we cool. Have, <laughs> yes. Yes. So we are a language university and I teach English there. So I've been teaching English there for the past uh, nine years. So I, okay. I teach reading, speaking, writing, listening. Yes. All sort of stuff. So the, the people or the students that come there, they already have a certain level of English, right? Yes, yes. Maybe C or B2? Uh, the, no, uh, I'm not familiar with that uh, uh, kind of grading. Yeah. We have our own levels. We call it foundation. The foundation level is like equivalent to uh, uh, beginner, uh, elementary, or maybe pre-intermediate then we have diploma level, certificate level. Certificate level is like intermediate. And then we have diploma. So diploma is like upper intermediate, intermediate. And then we have advanced students. So we have four levels of students. And uh, the prerequisite uh, for that is in Pakistan, we call it metric, the 10th grade. So you must have the metric certificate to get into this program. And uh, once you do uh, that 10th grade, so you have been exposed to quite a lot of English. So yes, our students are not that bad. Yes, they're good at English. Uh, but still, there are different levels and we give them a written test. We interview them and then we place them in different groups. Okay. And uh, if you are interested, so what I do, uh, we teach them for a semester and whatever skill I'm given, for example, if I'm given listening, speaking, reading, writing, so for the first uh, one week, I don't teach them the course or the syllabus. I give them general lectures about language learning. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, again, um, what I have learned for the past 20 or yeah. maybe 30 years, I would say, as a language learner. So I can share these tips with you if you're interested. Yes, I am very, very interested in, in those tips and tricks and methods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So I have jotted down these tips and um, I'll be enumerating them one by one. And uh, I'll be pausing a little and I would like you to comment on these. Yes. Okay. 
So what I do when I get uh, a new group of students uh, on the very first day after the introduction, I ask them a question. And the question is, um, language learning falls into two categories, let's say, first language learning and second language learning. First language learning and second language learning by adults like you and me. So, um, Daniel, uh, which uh, group is more successful as a language learner? First language learning by children or second language learning by adults? <laughs> Which is more successful? Well, yes, I, who are more successful? The children. The children. When they learn the their children. first. Definitely the children, children because they are exposed children, yes. to the language as much as possible. <laughs> we'll come to the reasons later. Yes, first we need to establish this that children are more successful than us as language learners. Adults are not. Adults are successful, they do well, but not as good as the children. So then I ask my students, why is it? When you were children, you learned a language effortlessly, effortlessly, so successfully. Maybe we don't even remember how we learned that language, but now we are the same children. We are struggling to learn English or maybe any other second language. So I tell my students there are a few reasons for that, or maybe secrets to a child's language learning process. Dig deep into this uh, process, the child's first language process, and try to know why uh, children are more successful than us. So we, uh, in class, we have more time here. We don't have that much time. So I'll just uh, quickly uh, start uh, discussing those tips or points or tricks, as you said. <laughs> so I tell them, um, Whenever um, a child is born, so in language, the child starts listening first. And then the child starts speaking, and then the child starts reading, and then the child starts reading when he or she goes to school, for example. And this is the uh, pattern that children follow all over the world. They start with listening, then speaking, and then reading, and then writing. So we can say that listening first, speaking second, reading third, uh, writing. But in the case of adults, what do adults do? Generally speaking, adults starts with reading and writing. And that's it. And they think that's language. <laughs> maybe it's because of the school that they go to, the school is to blame as well, or maybe the education system for that matter. So children uh, are exposed to, or children do listening, speaking, reading, and writing. We adults do writing only. So it means we miss two important steps or two important skills. And if we see language is basically listening and speaking and reading and writing is the photocopy. This is what I tell my students. Language is basically listening and speaking. We learn to listen mm -hmm. first and then speak first. But adult learners, they read and write only. So we are missing. The point is, uh, if you want to be a successful language learner, you should learn this language like a child. You should listen, you should speak, you should read, and you should write. Because if you listen, uh, if you learn a language with reading and writing only, so it's like you're learning driving with the reverse gear. Yeah, I see. Far for the <laughs> that is great. Here. <laughs> it's like you're learning a language, but you're not going forward, you're going backwards. So of course, you, if you want to go forward, you should start listening and speaking. So that's the first tip that I give them, that in order to be a successful language learner, we should start listening and we should start speaking. Of course, the students are not to blame because we start learning schools and in school, there is no listening and no speaking, mm -hmm. unfortunately, in schools in Pakistan. 
in some schools yes now we have the listening and speaking but in more schools or maybe what about uh, the situation in your country when you learn english do you have listening and speaking in schools not that much it takes only not a little part in the journey exactly <laughs> and in the real world yes in the real world it, there is more listening and more speaking so it means our teaching uh, practices don't reflect the real world situation so that's that's the first tip that i give to my students so if you want to comment on it you can yes not, I, can. I have a, a question first off i, I want to say yes it makes completely sense to me and i understand schools in a way because it is difficult to process it let's say the people are going to speak a lot it's too difficult for mm -hmm. the teachers to correct them or to give grades mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you what would you recommend when it comes to speaking is it important to speak to native english speakers or doesn't it matter if it's a native speaker or a non-native speaker uh in my case it doesn't matter what matters is uh, you should enjoy the process mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you should speak about things that you like and you should speak to the person you are comfortable with we don't have uh, native speakers everywhere all over the world like in pakistan for example there are not many native speakers of english so if you keep waiting for a native speaker to arrive and then you start speaking to the native speaker you'll grow old yeah <laughs> so yes you have to be realistic yes if there is a speaker around you and somehow you could talk to him or her fine if not yes you are not a native speaker of english i am not and here we are speaking english so mm -hmm. if i have yes so this is what the situation is in uh, you know uh, these days english is spoken by non native speakers more than by native right speakers. yes <laughs> more non native speakers of english on everyday basis are using english than native speakers so most probably uh, the partner you get or the person you uh, get to speak to will be a non native speaker you'll be lucky if you speak to someone who knows more than you and in that way maybe and correct you or maybe he or she could be a good model for you or maybe you'll learn a thing or two from him or her but yes anyone you can talk to anyone and do your students listen to to this tip i mean do they say okay then we will train ourselves and we will speak more often or um do they listen to you they don't listen to me they are very bad students <laughs> no <I'm> joking <laughs> i don't believe you <laughs> no they do they do and another thing is students are students uh, what i do is i make them listen to different things as a teacher you have to maybe force them or make them or maybe uh, but we are listening as one of our subjects as one of our skills in our university so whenever for example we get uh, an intermediate students let's say so an intermediate students is placed in an intermediate class so uh, he or she'll have to study three or four skills every day it's listening speaking reading and writing in some cases as well pronunciation as well in some cases grammar as well so yes uh, 
more students start listening if they were they start uh, following my advice or any other teacher's advice yes they do listen and the other thing is we make them listen to different things right okay can i move to we, the next yes point? please yes okay so this will tell them on day one or day two that if you want to be successful language learners uh, you should learn english like a child the child listens speaks reads and writes okay another thing is uh, when a child learns a language so he or she picks up words first the the first thing may be a child the word first some noises and then a word or two so we could say that vocabulary is more important than grammar so in that university situation or academic context both are important for us but as a language learner uh, we could say that vocabulary learning is more important than uh, grammar learning initially so you should try to learn more and more words and learn grammar at the same time but don't think or don't say that oh till the time i learn all the tenses all the active voice passive voice all the prepositions i'll start speaking after that no don't wait for that maybe in three months but that that mean you don't speak for three months no start as early as you can learn more and more vocabulary items and use them in your conversation so try to learn more and more vocabulary initially and yes learn grammar at the same time but prioritize uh, vocabulary over uh, grammar prioritize fluency first in the case of a child fluency comes first then accuracy so i tell my students to follow the same try to be fluent first accuracy will take care of itself of course you'll you'll uh, try to be accurate but accurate accuracy will take time in the meanwhile try to be fluent do you agree yes absolutely i agree because okay. it is in the beginning it is more important to have the vocabulary because even if you are making errors let's say not the, the right tense but by giving the right vocabulary your partner your conversation partner will get the gist of it will understand you so that's why it is way more important to enlarge your vocabulary and in exactly, in this exactly. context my question to you is do you mean we should learn vocabulary in context I mean, when I am seeing something in the newspapers and then I grab, let's say, an expression rather than a unique word, right? Yes, uh, of course, uh, we should learn vocabulary. Like maybe um, I'm sure you want to say how to what could be an effective way to learn vocabulary. My answer is don't just pick up a dictionary and start memorizing it. You a good way you won't remember the vocabulary items that way uh, a good way is to read more and more and of course listen more and more as established in the first step so you read more and more of course you will come across vocabulary items so you learn it in that context you listen more and more so you listen to vocabulary items and where you learn it in a context meaningful context so meaningful learning situations matter make it meaningful of course and um, 
I remember maybe uh, you know AJ Hogue, the American teacher. Yeah, I, I was listening. I know him. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know yeah. him. So there is a series of videos by him, the language learning or some better speaking or something. So one of the tips he gives is that don't learn words, learn phrases. And I agree with him. For example, uh, the word shower, let's say, for a beginner learner. So shower means, let's say, taking a bath, for example. Don't just learn this. You learn collocation with it. What collocation, for example, goes with it? You say, take shower, have shower. I had shower this morning, something like this. So instead of just learning one word, learn chunks. And of course, yes, the meaningful situations uh, do matter. And do you store the vocabulary in a physical notebook or is it better to store it in a digital place? Uh, I, as, as I told you initially, I would say I'm more a learner than a teacher. So I'm still a learner. In my case, maybe, I don't know, um, I have a forte for languages. So I'm linguistically blessed as well. I would say I can easily uh, I learn languages. I, uh, I haven't learned a new language. Uh, for many years, but if I start learning, I, I know I can easily learn a language. In, in, uh, as far as these vocabulary items are concerned, for some reason I read the item and I just know it. I don't forget it. I even remember the word I learned maybe 20 years ago. Then you... <laughs> in my case, I don't write down. Okay, I see. <laughs> it gets printed on my uh, brain and I don't forget it, but I don't recommend the same strategy to my, <laughs> strategy to my students. Yes. In my case, um, I don't reason most of the time when I learn a new vocabulary item, I don't forget it. But yes, I tell my students to write it down. Where do they write it down? It's up to them. They can write it down in their diary or maybe on their phone. It's up to them. But yes, it's better to uh, write uh, the difficult word down when they learn it. Or okay. Later, they can revise. Thank you for that tip. Okay, so that it means we can move to the next tip. Yes. The next tip is, yes, the next tip is that uh, when um, we analyze a child's first language learning, we see that the child learns, plays, and sort of plays, enjoys, and learns. But we learn under stressful conditions. Usually, the English teacher is uh, not very friendly in schools, especially, and we are stressed and formal in classes, and there is the fear of exam and uh, the fear of uh, maybe coming late to the class. So, language learning, and another thing that is, um, yeah, it, it, generally speaking, first language learning is a fun experience for a child, like the child is playing and learning. Second language learning is not a fun experience. <laughs> tell my students generally speaking who is stopping not to learn in an enjoyable way right don't expect your teachers to teach you everything in class the best teacher you can have is yourself teach yourself this language go home listen to anything you like read anything you like speak about things you like read write that you like learn like the child the more you learn like a child, the more you enjoy it, the more, the faster you learn. So that's the next tip, if you want to comment on it. Yes, this is a great tip. And I remember 
in my language journey at school that I was always scared. I was afraid because there was so much pressure and exactly. it was uh, it was like a bad thing to make mistakes and exactly. the environment exactly. was, was not not good at all. So <laughs> that's also yes, generally yeah. the school environment is not that friendly. Uh, you're under stressed. But that's not the only environment you can be. Exactly. You can uh, chat with your friends. You can, yes, talk about things. So it's not only uh, in class that we learn. You can learn in any kind of situation. Like I told you, I learned my initial English from cricket commentary. Yeah. I would enjoy the content. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I kill two birds with one stone. Exactly. So I, I love that. So I tell my students, <laughs> yes, okay. Yes, go on. And that takes me to the tip, which is when the child, uh, I tell my students that uh, the child is the best language learner in the world. There is no other better learner uh, of a language than a child. But see, the child is the best learner, but still the child makes mistakes. So if the child makes mistakes and the child uh, makes keeps mistakes and then the child learns, what about us? The child is in an ideal environment. Everybody is the child's teacher. And the child has nothing else to do. The child's brain is uh, kind of blank as well. We have so many things on our brain. So we cannot be in an ideal situation like the child. So if the child is in the best learning environment, still making mistakes. So the next tip that I share with my students is, we learn by making mistakes. There is no other way. If you're afraid of making mistakes and that stops you from speaking, you will never learn to speak. So don't be afraid of making mistakes because the role model we have, the child is making mistakes. We'll also make mistakes. Without making mistakes, we can't learn any skill. There is no uh, language learner or learner of any other skill in the world who learns <laughs> a skill without learning, without making mistakes. Yes, I totally agree with you. And... This is a great tip as well, again. And I'm going to tell you that in my case, I was very afraid of making mistakes. And I am still afraid of making mistakes. But I have decided back in 2016 that I want to speak more often. And that was also the reason why I... Fluency first. Exactly. That was also the reason why I started out with this podcast. Mm. Right. By doing so, right. I, I got into contact with many, many learners from all over the world. And I could speak mm. with them, talk with them. Exactly. And uh, yes, it's really beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes. So you see that one decision has kind of changed your life. Exactly, exactly. Because... It's the attitude it, that yes, you have. Yeah. Because it had also an influence in my life, you know. It's not only my English speaking. It also influenced mm. my my real life. Yes. Because yes. everything is connected you are, in a way. You are a celebrity now, you know. <laughs> People know you all over the world now. <laughs> You are in. Uh, you're from Switzerland. Yes, exactly. You are talking to me from Switzerland. I am talking to you from Pakistan. So you are yes, a real celebrity now. Yes, it's great. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. And connected to that is student question. I want to make them think. I tell my students 
you know when a child makes mistakes so we all laugh at that child uh, the parents laugh at them we talk about their mistakes especially language related mistakes we laugh at the children but the children don't mind maybe they don't have any ego issues or they don't have a personality but as far as adults are concerned we have a personality we're so self-conscious of ourselves we don't like to be laughed at so what to do we want to speak uh, maybe we make mistakes and we will but uh, if others laugh at us i don't like that so what to do i can't be like yes i want to be but the child is different from me i can't be like a child so what do you think how to deal with that situation well maybe we should not beat ourselves up or not take everything too seriously maybe yes yes exactly yes so you know what i tell my students uh, i said to my students i said to i tell them that uh, the child has no ego issues we have ego <laughs> issues but i have a solution for that so what i do i write the word ego on the board e g o and i convert the the o into g so the ego becomes egg so i tell them convert this ego into an egg and break it <laughs> yeah yeah in a learning situation forget about your ego we are all language learners there is no good or bad learner we are all learners we are all the same we all make mistakes let's enjoy i have no ego in my class <laughs> this situation there is no ego yes leave your ego outside your class and enjoy it and some learners do that they manage to break or convert ego into an egg and break it and if you do that you will be the, the way you did mm, yeah <laughs> exactly and change your life, huh? exactly this is See? so beautiful yeah. i i will remember this story with the egg um because it's really a, a great one it's really a great one thank you thank you okay so can i move to the next yes please tip? okay and the next thing uh, maybe i have jotted down these points maybe i don't teach them or talk to my students they're in no particular order okay so next uh, what i do i go to the board and i write uh, e and then d So I tell them that in language class E comes before D. Yes, in alphabets D comes before E, but in my class E comes before D. So Daniel, any idea what E stands for in this situation and what D stands for? Mm, not really, no. Sorry. <laughs> okay. E E stands for easy and D stands for difficult. What I mean is for example I tell my students to read to write to listen start with something easy first and then move to something difficult and if you follow this you will be a better learner because initially when you read something and it's easy and you uh, understand it so you will get confidence you will be encouraged you say to yourself oh I understand this oh I understand it maybe 80% 90% encouraged and then you make an effort you want to move to the next stage this gives you encouragement whatever the easy thing is it's listening or reading it could be in speaking as well for example uh if i want to do speaking with a friend so i shouldn't talk about maybe global warming in my first speaking session with my friend yes we could start with our introduction we could start maybe something related to family and then move to something more difficult we could apply this uh, to listening as well 
to listen to something that you understand. And the best thing for that is podcasts. So I recommend different podcasts to your students. And from today onward, I'll recommend Daniel's <laughs> Great. <Well>. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember many years ago that I wanted mm -hmm. to read a book. It was a fantasy book. It was written mm -hmm. with <laughs> difficult vocabularies. And it was way mm. too difficult for me because mm. I guess even in, in German, in my mother tongue, it would have been difficult because there are many technical words in it. So back then mm. I didn't follow your recommendation mm. and, and so I, I got depressed and I stopped, I just, I just, okay, I stopped I... reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because if you, for example, you are a weak listener, for example, weak, I mean, uh, your command of English is weak, you don't understand the native speaker. And on day one, you start watching Hollywood movies, mm -hmm. and you don't understand that, see, right? So you should start with something easy. So podcasts, so I usually tell my students about ingwit.com. Are you familiar with ingwit.com? No, no. Ingwit. It's a great website. E-N-G-V-I-D. And what what's on okay, it? Okay, so video. Uh, you have more than fifteen hundred video lessons on dot com. Okay, I see. Ingrid, yes, I'll I'll share the link with you. So I share. I tell my students about Ingrid dot com, Luke's podcast, uh, about Oxford Dictionary, the online, and uh, my fluent podcast. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is what I tell my students. Okay, should I move to the next tip? Yes, we can go to the next tip, please. Okay, another thing, and before I share that tip, I, I want to ask you a question. In Switzerland, when you learn English, so initially, or maybe even till the 10th grade, let's say, English is taught in English or it's uh, taught through uh, German in schools? Um, well, I don't know how it is today, but I had my first lesson when I was 17 years old and it was in English. So English is taught in English? Yes, it was in English. Mostly? Directly, yes. In, okay, in Pakistan, most of the initial or maybe even in uh, colleges as well, uh, learning takes place in Urdu, our national language. So we teach English through... but. If we uh, analyze a child's language learning situation, a child learns English in English. A child, when Daniel was a child, he learned German in German, right? When Hamid was a child, he learned Pashto in Pashto. So a child learns uh, English in English. We learn English in or in any other language. So it's like you want to cook something, but you go to the washroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You go to the washroom, yes. <laughs> yes, initially, maybe in initial classes, a little bit of translation is fine. But I'm not for it at advanced levels. So in our university, even if it's the foundation or the beginner students, we don't use any other language. We use English only. English in English. So this is what we force our students in our classes. 99% of the time it's English. So learn English in English. Yes, that, that makes sense. And I know that there are a lot of podcasts out there, for example, 
which teach you many languages, exactly. but they are in English, you know, they, they are in English, but they teach you French, let's say. So it would be wiser oh. to look for a podcast it's, in French that is teaching you French. It teaches French, yeah. yes. But, but probably initially that's the right approach because if I start learning French now, I don't know then bourgeois, I don't know anything in French. So if you start teaching me French, so initially we'll use English. But that shouldn't be the case all the time. Yeah. After maybe some time, uh, we should switch to French and learn French in French. Why I tell uh, our students to do that? Because our students, when they join us, they know English, quite a lot of English. It's that they're not confident or they don't have any speaking practice or maybe listening practice, but they can speak. They don't to be taught further English or to improve their English further. So in that context, uh, I give them this tip that uh, learn English in English. Okay. This was also a great tip. You have only great tips. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm a great teacher. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. And uh, what do I tell my students? Okay, uh, no fear of mistakes, of course, yes. Probably um, after uh, giving my students all these tips, then I, uh, I finally ask them a question. I've skipped a few points, but we can talk about that later if need be. Okay. Um, I say to my students, the child has nothing else to do. The child is playing. The child is at home. Everything is done for the child by his or her parents, by others. As far as adults are, have to do so many things. May, most of our students come from other cities to learn English. So we are not that lucky. Uh, the children is in an ideal position, ideal environment. Everybody is the child's teacher. But still, the child takes years and years and years to learn his or her first language. So uh, linguists say that if at the age of 10, your command of your first language is kind of complete or perfect. So 10 years means 20 semesters. <laughs> so this <laughs> child is such a slow learner. It means this child is not a good learner. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think if the child is a perfect learner, learn his first language maybe in one or two semesters <laughs> in one or two years yes <laughs> it, it has the perfect environment to learn and without pressure or with not a lot of pressure no fear of, exams, yes. no, fear of exam, no fear of test no fear of uh, paying the fee or maybe accommodation issues yeah. <laughs> or <transport> issues <laughs> but the child is still a slow learner so what do you think why Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> because it's yeah, because, because the... yes, because language is so big, it's huge. Every language has mm, has thousands of vocabulary and, and because But it more is than that, it is why every language is a complex system. Yeah, exactly. Every language is a complex system. This is such a complex skill that you in years, not months, years to learn it, to master it. So why I tell my students? Because uh, the students think that maybe 
the students have some magic, some magic wand, or maybe some magic potion. So in the case of that magic uh, stick, I'll go to the class and I'll hit them with that magic <laughs> wand. <laughs> be transferred to that. So I tell my students, I wish I could have that wand, or I wish I had that potion, or that injection through which I can transfer English to you. I'll, but if I had that, I'll sell it uh, at a very high price <laughs> to you. <laughs> so there is no such potion, there is no such magic, there is no such wand through which we can transfer. It's a complex process, it's a very slow process. Even a child struggles to learn his or her first language. So please don't leave the course after one month thinking that I'm wasting my time. This is not a good school. This is not a good teacher. They're not good teachers. No, it's not like that. You learn, but this learning is very slow. So be patient. It is a long journey. I told you I've been learning English since, properly learning English since 98. Or I would say, yes, in the, I would say maybe 94, 95. So it's the third decade. And I still consider myself a student. That is so nice. I think that <laughs> we should maybe, we should say that the journey mm. is the goal. You know, we should love this process, exactly. the exactly. language journey in itself. Yes. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. There is no destination. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, you should enjoy this journey and keep on walking, keep on going. Yes. Enjoy the process. The more you enjoy it, the better, the faster you learn. Yes, be. I would be honored. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To be. So okay. I want to thank you very much for all your tips and tricks and methods. It was really, really a super cool one hour. And uh, thank you very much for your More time. And I don't know, maybe you, are very you want to add something? Thank you very much, Daniel. It was a pleasure talking to you. I enjoyed myself immensely. I told you, your name will go down in history. <laughs> My name will go down in history. Lots and lots of love for your listeners. And uh, yes, my advice to them, convert your ego into an egg, break it and enjoy learning. <laughs> yes, that is so wonderful. Thank you so much, Hamid. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> okay, thank you. And I will say that I really wish I had Hamid as my English teacher back in school, but this shall be no excuse. Because remember, guys, you need to be your own teacher or actually you are your best teacher. And I was indeed having a blast conversing and listening to Hamid. And actually, it's so nice of him sharing his wisdom with us. And I could literally listen to him for hours and hours. Unfortunately, Hamid has not a podcast so that we listeners could learn from him even more. All right. If you want to become part of my Flown podcast, if you have something to share related to language learning, just drop me a message at myfluentpodcast at gmail.com. But of course, if you just want to listen to this podcast, it's all good. But don't forget to subscribe in order to listen to all of the interviews and tips and tricks. Thank you very much for listening to my Fluent Podcast. The language journey goes on. I am your host, Daniel from Switzerland. Have a good one.